Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Split Division Podcast. Oh, wow, I just screwed up the name on the first time hosting. Anyway, (laughs) we'll just keep rolling with it. I am your host, Max Gerber, a.k.a. Gerbs. With me is the Max who deserves the title of Max because I'm not worthy enough. Max Marco covering the Bears. And we have Jared Barsness covering the Vikings. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty well. I feel like I'm on a game show. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, you know, I've been teaching virtually for the last year. I'm getting pretty good at having to just talk in front of a screen to people. Um, Yeah, so busy week in the NFL. We had the NFL draft. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, knew what was going on with there. Pretty crazy stuff. But um, we had the NFL draft, uh, some pretty crazy NFC North news which we will get to in a bit uh, regarding the Packers. Eli and Nathan could not join us tonight to defend themselves, so we get an open roast to the Packers in a little bit. But first, let's cover some NFC North news. Uh, Let's start Max, Bears, anything else going on other than the draft right now? Yeah, so other than the draft, I think just the biggest piece of news is losing our starting offensive left tackle in Charles Leno Jr., and... Charles Leno Jr., it's like we've had a tumultuous relationship with him since he's been here. And, like, to be honest, he just seems like the kindest guy. He gives so much to the community. Like, I heard that he gave, like, $60,000 to the Chicago community, and he's always involved. And media has said he's fantastic to work with. But um, I think part of it might be because of his wife. Because (laughs) the reason is... wives, man. (laughs) <laughs> the, the reason is is like she was so involved with bears twitter for for a while and especially like kind of in 2018 2019 when charles uh leno was playing at his best and then when he started going down she would like you critique him and she is on your page and out of that you kind of start growing a disdain for charles leno as well and i think charles just eventually said like he had enough and like booted her off Twitter and said, do not do that. You're ruining my relationship. People hate me. Like, I haven't done anything wrong, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, slowly his plays kind of declined, and he's starting to hold more and um, give up more sacks and that sort of thing. And and I think the best way to, to describe his play is very average. And for a left tackle, left tackles are very important. Obviously, they cl- cover the blind side of the QB. And um, uh, and most teams are going to put their best uh, outside linebacker on the right side so that they can try and hit the blind side of the quarterback and that sort of thing. And so, um, but yeah, he was a he was a seventh round pick for us. Um, sorry, I forget the year, 2015, 2016. Sounds and right. to be a, to be a seventh round pick and um, be our starting uh, left tackle for the last six years is uh, it's a it's a good run. And I'm sure he'll get a decent contract somewhere else. But by cutting him, we saved $10 million. Uh, uh, I think it's like $9 million post-June 1st. And so that allows us to have money to afford our entire draft class, plus have a little bit more. And I think uh, I think Ryan Pace believes that we do have some areas of need that we need to hit a little bit more. Um, our offensive line, although we don't have every specific position in place, I think we're we're going to have a lot of different position battles and a lot of players that are very versatile that can move from guard to tackle and so on. Um, so we'll, we'll have things kind of mixed up to start the season, and uh, we can get on into that as the summer goes on. But 
yeah, for right now, it doesn't seem like um, we have all our ducks in a row, but we do have a lot of talent. And uh, beyond that, there's not a whole lot going on. We signed some UDF UDFAs, and then also today we signed Demir Bird. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah, he's like been a backup for a few teams over the years, but yeah. I, I saw that not really like a. Yeah, he's uh he's I I honestly haven't really heard of him until today. I like like I was like, "Oh, that name sounds familiar." But last year he played on the Patriots. Um uh, he runs like a 4 a high 42 or something, so he's very fast. Yeah, yeah, crazy fast. Um Those fast guys never end up actually like panning out. You know what? Though. Isn't that true? Like you'd think you'd just be able to like just wait for some man coverage and run a streak, but it never truly works out like that. But yeah, he's like a like big track runner, that sort of thing. But he um, kind of had his breakout year in a sense uh, last year. Um, he had 600 yards. I don't know if I wrote down his remaining stats. Yeah, 600 yards with the Patriots last year. So, um, and that's with Cam Newton and Jared Stidham playing. Yeah, so. in that offense. Yeah, that's actually yeah, pretty impressive. It was not was not doing well. So I think he'll he'll play outside for us and. He'll probably rotate in um, with Allen Robinson. I'm I'm assuming he'll make the team. I think they're looking to cut Javon Wims, who would be kind of that rotational player with Allen Robinson. And uh, but yeah, I think that's the biggest news that we have outside of the draft so far in Chicago. Nice. Well, uh, real quick, is there a replacement like in your mind for Leno, or you think like there's that's going to be a full open competition? Yeah. I, I think right now is what they're expecting to happen is that Tevin Jenkins steps up and plays that left tackle. He did play left tackle a little bit in Oklahoma State, and they had him moving around quite a bit. And so um, I would be shocked if it's anyone besides Tevin Jenkins. You need one of your best O-linemen to play that left tackle. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, like, I don't know. I feel sorry for Andy Dalton to start the season. I think he's going to get eaten alive until things really start to settle in place. But... Um, that's who I expect to go there, but you never know. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thanks, Max, for that. That's the Bears news. Jared, Vikings, what's been going on other than the draft? I mean, other than the draft, we're pretty boring over here. Um, I mean, <laughs> boring's good. <laughs> I mean, I can go over our undrafted free agents that we picked up, but other than that, I mean, um, nothing exciting uh, <clears throat> has happened over the last week. But some free agents that we picked up that are intriguing to me, uh, Watt Fillier from Indiana. Um, I remember watching Indiana last year, and maybe it was just because he had a cool name, but he always stood out to me when I watched their games. Um, and, yeah, I mean, cool name. Who doesn't want a guy named Wop on their team, you know? It, W-H-O-P. Oh, just, damn. Just, not, it, like, not like WAP. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got uh, Memphis kicker Riley Patterson. Two years ago, he was, like, lights out as a kicker. Last year, he struggled a little bit more, but um, it'll be a good guy to get in and maybe see if he can take over as the starting kicker for us. Um, Tough Borland, uh, a linebacker of Ohio State. You guys just got – you have wow. That's a great – You have Tough. Yep. Like, great linebacker's name, Tough cool Borland. names. Cool names, Tough Borland. Um, but he was the captain for Ohio State for um, – I think it was like three seasons or something, which to be a um, three three season captain on a college team, that's that's saying something. And then go about undrafted. <laughs> and then you go undrafted. But 
as far as character goes, um, yeah. he should. I imagine he has. He is a pretty good character guy. Um, and the Vikings need a linebacker. So, um, and they drafted one, but who knows? He, he's kind of a question mark on that one. We'll get to that. Lions signed his brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then <clears throat> Blake Prohl was another guy out of Eastern Carolina. His dad was an uh, NFL receiver as well. I think he's a receiver. I could be wrong. Yeah, and his but, brother's a receiver for the 49ers as well. Yeah, okay. And then um, one last one. Uh, they signed the LSU punter, uh, Zach Von Rosenberg. Um, and he is 30 name. years old. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he spent – like six years in the um, Pittsburgh Pirates organization and their system. Um, and then he ended up being a pitcher for LSU, and uh, now he's on the Vikings. So he went from baseball to kicking? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's... Can't um, get much more opposite than that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But most sports, you try baseball after your career just yeah. finds a lull. But no, nope, yeah. he did the so, opposite. Other than that, um, there's nothing really – too exciting that's happened over the last week aside from the draft for the Vikings. Nice. All right. And then, yeah, for the Lions, um, it's been one of those, the probably the most interesting news of actually just happened as of today, as we're recording this, was uh, Josh Hill, former Saints tight end. Uh, we brought in from New Orleans. He played under Dan Campbell there. He was supposed to be our number two guy behind TJ Hawkinson has not even got a jersey number yet for the Lions, retires. You know, signs with the Lions on, I think, like a two-year deal, retires. And that yeah, reminds me the, of the the Lions-Rob Gronkowski trade. Have you heard about that one? Where, where it was like everyone thought that would be a trade, and then uh, or then he said he'd retire if he, if he went to the Lions. <laughs> that's what it felt like but yeah he like he just he's been playing for like nine or ten years or something yeah. and he just he decided nope never mind i'm done hmm. and you know i kind of wish he did that before but i guess technically we had, the lions really haven't started paying him yet other than that um they signed a long snapper today a former he went undrafted to the cowboys in 2017 played in the aaf in like 2019 and then in 2020 played in the xfl and now he's back in the Detroit Lions. Wow. So I just think that's the weirdest career path ever. But I guess the AAF and XFL ended up doing their jobs and getting some guy back into the league. Um, but he's trying to unseat Don Muleback, who's uh, been on the team since 2004. He and Dan Campbell were teammates, and now Dan Campbell's his head coach, which is just crazy to think about. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that's like the Lions news also, I guess. Yeah, very boring. Bunch of undrafted guys. Um yeah, just not a lot of interesting stuff going on. But, yeah, so that's that. And now, I mean, I think even people who don't care about football know about the biggest uh, NFL, not even just biggest NSV North news, not the biggest Packers news, the biggest NFL news, even bigger than the draft, on draft day that came out, Aaron Rodgers is done with the Packers, or so they say. It's not official yet, but, uh, fellas, Max, we'll start with you. Instant reaction to getting that news. Oh, man. To have perhaps in the same week that the Bears might have their franchise QB for the first time in about 60 years. <laughs> Actually, I think it's closer to 70. 1950s was uh, Sid Luckman, which was, I would say, our last like elite Hall of Fame quarterback. 
and I've never and, even heard of the guy. So <laughs> you know what? Neither have I. <laughs> no, I mean he's a, he's a legend in Chicago, but um, and then in the same week to have for the first time in 30 years since I've been born that the Packers might not have a Hall of Fame QB behind center. To have that happen in the same week, you'd think it's my birthday. And guess what? Tomorrow is my birthday. So, like, think about that trifecta going on. Best birthday ever, possibly. Um, Will it happen? I don't know. I've listened to a lot of sports talk radio. And A.J. Hawk um, on the Pat McAfee show, he's a good friend of Aaron Rodgers. And um, he seems to be pretty well connected. And... But he's also very optimistic, sort of Packers fan. He's like, nope. He's like, everything. He's like, this is all being blown way out of proportion. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. He, there's no way he's retiring. Uh, everything's going to be fixed. Of course, he's a little bit disgruntled and that sort of thing. But like, who wouldn't be? And he's really just kind of playing both sides. And um, but you know what? Just kind of bears luck and just how things seem to go the Packers way all the time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case, that like Aaron Rodgers comes back out of nowhere and says, oh, yeah, the, the media blew it all up and climbs out of the hole once again and, and starts and gets, gets the Packers another, to the NFC Championship. Gets another MVP. <laughs> yeah, gets another MVP. Yeah. But like I think my biggest thing about this one is that like Aaron Rodgers is not a dumb guy. Well, I mean, he, he's kind of dumb for staying in Green Bay that long, but he he knows that what kind of media firestorm that saying these things will have. And you know what? He's he's more than capable of coming out and saying, you know what, like this is just even tweeting or saying to Pat McAfee, like, you know what? This is all blown out of proportion. Just text Pat, just say, I'm going to be playing Green Bay. But he's not doing that. And he he's totally fine with just letting things burn right now. So I think there absolutely is division between him and Gutekunst. Um what what the Packers um, ownership and coaching staff will do to make amends is, I don't know, yet to be seen. They didn't try to do try to help things out using the draft at all. But I don't know. One one question I really wanted to ask you guys: What percent chance do you think the Packers have of Aaron Rodgers coming back next year? Where do you sit? I. I would say 70% chance. As 70% much as I'd love for him to be out of there, I just, I don't think, I just, it's hard for me to imagine right now that he will. See, I'm, I think I'm going exactly 50-50. Um, I've, yeah, it's it's hard, especially, like, when I, you know, like, guys that I really trust as sources, you know, I'll, I've reached out and asked them, you know, questions about this where they're, telling me like you know some are like yeah there's a trade lined up with denver for sure and then some like no he's staying until he dies on the field as a green bay packer and i'm like i don't know who to trust anymore um you know just i don't think anyone anyone's sources i don't think anybody has the answer i don't even think aaron Rodgers has the answer i think he's still <laughs> yeah. holding out on this one um because mm. i mean like yeah you know that that news came out on draft day and everyone thought that was like a tip you know, Packers tip their hand that they have to draft a receiver here. And then they didn't call Rogers bluff drafted a corner and just held out at receiver as long as they could. Basically the Packers just drafted Devonte Adams a few years ago and went, okay, have fun. This is all you're getting. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Go like it, 
it all it almost seems to me like Packers ownership want like that would be like best case scenario if Rodgers did retire because mm-hmm. ultimately they get what they want they get to now start their quarterback Jordan Love who they drafted last year and traded up for and they get like 20 million dollars back that Aaron Rodgers would have to pay them um due to the signing bonus he was already paid and mm-hmm. so I think they're sitting there you know what like we've got him trapped we're not going to trade him and if he he's either going to play for us or else retire and give it give us 20 million dollars back so I think the Packers ownership is just laughing like yeah we're not going to trade you unless they get some like like insane haul in return um i really don't see it happening at all i always just think of this situation you know like rogers was drafted a few years before Favre left green bay and then now it's like when like someone like someone cheats on you or you know whatever and then you start or like or you start cheating on someone you start or like whatever the situation is like you're dating someone who was cheating on like you with or like cheating on someone else with you and then they leave that person for you and all of a sudden they're cheating on you with someone else and you're like shocked like that's rogers right yeah now. it's like man this exact same situation was you not too long ago like right. you were Favre's backup for a few years well no like everyone saw that coming like and warren moon said it best today uh in an interview like he was talking about it and um warren moon was like yeah the like Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be so naive to think like like he should have seen the fact that they have to draft his backup at some point yeah you know, just true every team needs to draft like you know Patriots so, happen, you happen see in how Tampa much Bay. it fell apart for the Patriots when Brady left and they didn't have his backup on the roster because mm-hmm. they just kept trading away any backup they started developing but then you know it's just they weren't prepared for when Brady left and Saints kind of have the same issue with Breeze. It, you know, Giants at least had, you know, I mean, Daniel Jones isn't the best, but like, you know, they had him there for a little bit with Eli just to be safe. But mm. yeah, yeah I, it's just, it's tough. Like, I think, I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is that just Packers ownership didn't talk to Aaron and didn't yeah. let him know they shocked him. And like, you have Aaron Rodgers, who is essentially one of the best offensive coordinators in the entire NFL like he understands how to run an offense with no skill position players at all which is part of the reason that they've never gone ahead and signed skill position players and with high round picks like they uh they understand Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done no matter what and they just kind of let it and let him be and so to not like go to him and say like hey like who, like who's someone that's on your radar and we'll, we'll see if we can get them like just even do something like that like I th- yeah. I think they they've almost like checked out but I think at the same time it's going to be like a, a public execution if they move on from Rodgers and and uh now you have the whole fan base calling for the head of Gutekunst and giving up their um longtime dynasty quarterback for a coin toss on Jordan Love and you know what it's even worse than a coin toss it's like a 20-sided dice and I just think about like I don't think Jordan Love like this year would have been a first round pick you know like in this quarterback class like he would not have been a first round pick I don't think so either I think he's like killing on so but I guess it's all it's all relative that year he was he was a first round pick you know in Mm -hmm. 2020 but maybe not in 21 I think Kellen Mond should have been a first round pick 
<laughs> of course you do. Man, that's my biggest fear. I guess we're going to get into draft talk right away, but my biggest fear is that Kellen Mond pans out because my son is named Kellen. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Might change his Represent. name. If he, if he, no, it's perfect because Kellen Mond, Mond will like destroy the Bears, and you're like, yep, I have to name my son after the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, we're, we're gonna, I'll change his name. I will. <laughs> Is he old enough to remember it? Like, <laughs> start calling him by his middle name. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, if kids, you can start calling him a nickname, like young enough where it's like, yeah. they'll forget their real name at some. That's point. right. Or just like clock them in the head real quick. You know, they're young. <laughs> forget <laughs> Make them it. Forget. Or just gaslight the crap out of your kid. Just change <laughs> their name and not like you'd be like, what are you talking about? Your name was never Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> He's like two years old. He'd never remember it. Anyway. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, that's perfect, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, disclaimer we at Split Division do not condone child abuse, gaslighting no. children, not or you know, any kind of trauma to children like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we got to jump into this draft talk. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this, you obviously know the NFL draft just happened. And if you didn't know that, why are you listening to this podcast? Um, so the NFL draft just concluded. It was a busy weekend of staring at Twitter and refreshing every five seconds to Mm -hmm. see the pick get leaked because the coverage wasn't going quick enough, but we had some pretty crazy things in the first round. And even though the Lions and Vikings had some pretty boring picks, and I feel like we just have to go with the Bears discussing this first. Mm. Uh, what the Bears did, because the Bears, wow, what a what a bold move trading up for a quarterback in the first round. We've <laughs> seen this one before, <laughs> but you know what, like. Yeah, Actually, so just... like, sorry. Were you traumatized at first when you saw the Bears traded up? Did you have like little nom flashbacks of like, oh, oh my god, gosh. I've seen this. I've seen this show before. I know what's about to happen. <laughs> so my wife was actually recording me, making fun of me, because and like people might think this is hyperbole, but it's not. I was having a legit panic attack. Like I was like, like, and I had to pick up my daughter and hold her and. Like, and she was going, dad, your, your heart's beating so fast. Like she put her hand on my chest and I was just like, I was just telling my daughter, just tell me everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Football doesn't matter. Football is just a sport. It's just a game. (laughs) It's nothing more than that. Right. And, uh, and I, but you know what I was, I was tweeting out like, and I get, my hands were shaking so much that there was so many spelling mistakes and some letters were caps lock and some are not. But I was like, I was like, um, when uh, I forget who, when Carolina passed, and I think, and then well, when Denver, Denver passed, passed, yeah. I think right after Denver passed, I was like, I tweeted out, Ryan Pace, trade up and save your job right now. And then I, and then um, right after that, I was like, this, this better be Fields, because as, as soon as I saw that, we did trade up. And I was so, like, I don't know, just, nerve-wracked that we were going to pick Mac Jones um, for a couple reasons. I was ready for that, man. I kept chanting Mac Jones. I like, I wanted that to happen. I was trying to like, oh, my gosh. existence. Well, and you think about it, you think about like the type of offense that we run. Of course, a mobile quarterback is nice, but we, we have Foles and Dalton on the roster. They're complete opposites of Justin Fields. And, and then there's this, uh, I don't know, this narrative that's gone around since Mitch Trubisky was chosen over, 
Watson and Mahomes that uh, Brian Pace is racist or whatever. And so I'm like, this will prove that you are racist if you somehow pick Mac Jones over Justin Fields. And you know what? I'm I'm not a Mac Jones hater. I think he's actually pretty good. Like he's very accurate, um, but he's not Justin Fields. Yeah. And that's the uh, issue. Like there was so much hate on Jones this year, but like honestly, it's just like yeah, he's somehow the not best quarterback. And and like this was just such a good quarterback class mm-hmm. that like Mac Jones could have been like even next year. Looking how weak that class is, Jones actually would have probably been one of the like really oh top yeah, picks, but. For sure. But yeah. So like, like, and there was even a there's even a quote by Jalen Waddle a couple months ago that said that he would prefer to play with Mac Jones than Tua, and then he gets drafted by Miami. <laughs> and so he he's kind of pulling a oh who was it Michael Brockers Mike yeah, Brockers. Brockers where he said Jerry yeah Bob he's like uh no I that's not what I meant uh, <laughs> or he said um, Stafford was an upgrade over Goff and then all of a sudden gets traded tra- 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 to the Lions. Oh man, but like my biggest thing, and I don't want to spend an all episode on this, although I absolutely could, and if you guys want to, I'm not opposed. But I'm opposed. Just, just the yeah. fact that Justin Fields fell, and because I'm going through my timeline and and uh, just racking my brain, like why did he fall? And I'm watching a QB analysis. I went through the QB school, JT O'Sullivan, who used to play on the 49ers. I was watching his seven part series on Justin Fields throughout the last year. And, and he, he, during the whole thing, he's saying like, man, this guy's my QB one. He, he's better than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not he was saying Trevor Lawrence is a narrative that we're all led to. He wasn't exactly saying this, but this is kind of what he's alluded to that there is such a Trevor Lawrence is God narrative that like he can do no wrong when in reality a lot of comparisons are that he'll be about Andrew Luck but we've just heard about him so for so long that we think he's like the LeBron James of of football and uh but he was saying it's Justin Fields like he has to be the guy but um and then you kind of think about it and like when when the college football season ended like he, Fields ended it on a real high note like taking down Clemson absolutely destroy destroying Trevor Lawrence for the second time in his <laughs> football career and then um then went to the national championship and played pretty well there as well um although they did not win and and after that like the zach wilson narrative you start hearing people talk about it on twitter and all of a sudden he becomes qb2 and then really no one had justin fields uh or a mac jones over justin fields in their draft but then you start hearing that the 49ers are trading up and they prefer mac jones over justin fields and the and the whole time I'm tweeting on Twitter. I look like an idiot now because it's such a cold take, but I'm like, there's no way that they would choose Trey Lance or uh, Mac Jones over Justin Fields for whatever reason. This is smoke. This is BS. I did not buy it for a single I, second. I thought it was smoke too. So I, I think I, a lot of people I did not buy it for a single second. And credit credit to the 49er organization, how well kept um, they kept that secret. Um, but for me, I was just like going back and I'm watching all these QB analysis uh, videos and like, what is wrong with Justin Fields that nobody likes him? And it's like, and I think one guy on a Bears, uh, a Bears beat reporter said it best is like, he's like, I think there's honestly just so much good QB talent in this class that you just kind of have to squint your eyes just to find something wrong with somebody. And you know what? His 
um, long-standing bout with epilepsy kind of got leaked before the draft. And is that a situation now, although he hasn't had an episode since 2009 and he manages it by taking three pills a night? Um, Or uh, one other video I saw is that Justin, that Aaron Rodgers and um, Tom Brady, when they pull back, they have their the ball above their elbow. And uh, Justin Fields, when he pulls back, he kind of goes down a bit and then and then up. And he's had such a quick release that you don't actually see it with the naked eye, but you have to like slow it down and you see the ball kind of go down. Weird throwing motions are just like a thing now. Stafford has one. And that, I mean, that was the criticism exactly. of Stafford when he started out too. It's like, why does he throw like that? And it's like, okay, now he's. Well, and you've seen it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> look at Mahomes and what he's famous for is his sidearm, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's like at the uh, one, so one guy was saying is like, as the pass is being completed and it's accurate, like, and it's getting out on time and he's not con- consistently being blocked and, and being sacked because he's taking too much time to throw. Like, you just kind of have to say, like, maybe he is a good quarterback. And maybe you have to stop squinting in your eyes just to find something small wrong. And that one step and the way he points his toe on the back end and the way he shifts his weight isn't correct, you know. But, but now that he's a Bears quarterback, I think he's a terrible quarterback. Yeah, that's I right. Just, that's know, right. Like, now it's now he's on the Bears. So I loved him as a prospect. He's on the Bears. I hate him. He's garbage. Yeah. He's terrible. I, I'm so thankful. I my my QB rankings, he was my QB too. And I was like, I, I know lots of Bears fans love Zach Wilson, but I'm I'm sticking with my gut, and I think Justin Fields is going to be QB2. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He's going from one cursed organization for Bears QBs in Ohio State to Chicago. So see if he can break this curse for once and for all. Hey, he's the first like fully non, uh, non-Urban Meyer Ohio State quarterback, I think. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's uh, – we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, so I, I am excited to watch Fields. I think – the bear. I mean, Allen Robinson, of course, is probably over the moon Pumped. about that right now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just like yeah, he's got he's got a nice young uh, group of talent. You know, his receivers around him. He doesn't really have much of a line, but we know he has the feet to uh, mm-hmm. make do. That's the thing I think with other Bears quarterbacks. You said they've always stuck with those pocket passers who aren't very mobile. Now, like if your O line's not the best, you got a guy who can make do. You can run so four think, three, and he's like two hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, my God. Yeah, he and yeah, he could truck someone if he needs to. It sounds like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, he's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna suck watching him just like smother the Lions this year, but um, and then you know he'll get like a Pro Bowl like, year <laughs> one, even if like he like only does good against Detroit, but um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting uh, interesting one to watch, but. Now to some of the more boring but very important picks of the draft. Uh, the Vikings. Oh, yeah, Jared, I don't want to spoil it. Take it away. <laughs> oh, hey, we took a left tackle, and yeah. I couldn't be happier. It's not exciting. A lot of people are looking for someone who they're going to like be able to very easily notice their impact on the game. Um, but it was an important spot that the Vikings needed to address with Riley Reef <clears throat> being released. And their offensive line just being an issue in general uh, for the longest time now. Um, And they made a great trade um, along with it to move back in that first round with the Jets. And we'll get to what they got out of that trade aside from Christian Derrissaw, which 
I mean, it was between him and Vera Tucker uh, to be taken at 14 anyways. So to me, they still got their guy, um, even trading back 20 to 23. And then they got a bunch of picks on top of that, um, which turned into um, what I think will be um, some valuable players, especially one of them um, that I'll talk about later. But, um, yeah, I was very happy with this. Um, Kirk Cousins is a pocket passer. He's not a mobile guy. Okay. No, not. Um, you need to give him an offensive line, and he shines when he has an offensive line. And so now he's going to have one. Um, hopefully, hopefully he should have one, um, depending on obviously how these rookies turn out that will likely be starting on the offensive line this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see um, what kind of impact Derrissaw can have on the line as a whole, especially considering just how terrible it's been for 10 years and i think well because and before this the vikings had what rashad hill was like their yeah rashad he would have been, been him or of, been like ezra cleveland over there yeah, so so they yeah i mean i i've been looking at basically what i've been doing is just like going through madden and like making all the cuts because it's like the most visual way to keep track of every roster and i looked and when i saw like i don't take those ratings for gospel when i saw just like how bad that side of the line was i'm like hey vikings need a tackle and then you went and got one Mm -hmm. um and i mean um cook has got to be happy about that too i mean oh yeah like just to just to have some like i mean a giant guy like that blocking for him yeah, that is it's a lot of person, that's for sure. It's a yeah. big So, I mean, yeah, that's that's what you need. And he seems like a really good dude off the field. I've uh, talked to some, you know, living in this area. I've been able to talk to some Virginia Tech people who really loved him. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to like about the guy personally, too. So I think that's just a great locker room fit. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I was very excited. And that's who that's who I wanted. I wanted him or I wanted Bear Tucker because those were obviously I wanted Rashawn Slater and I wanted Sewell, but I knew realistically that that wasn't going to happen. Um, so I wanted one of those two, and I'm excited that we got uh, one one of them. Yeah, nice. But yeah, the one thing I'll we're... say, and I'll, oh, yeah, I'll just say towards both your teams, is that like you're saying they're not exciting picks, but I think they're exciting just in the fact that I don't think both of your teams were supposed to get these O-line. And no. like, there's, like I, didn't, I didn't see a single mock draft, and I didn't have a mock draft of my own where Sewell got past uh, the Dolphins and... Uh, the Bengals. Well, yeah, everyone thought the Bengals I, were gonna take. Oh, them. for sure. I was shocked. I was totally shocked that the Lions got them. And um, like to your point about not being there at fourteen, Darius is probably there. But moving all the way back to twenty three, it it yeah. it made no. I there were a lot of. I trusted. Teams. <laughs> I trusted in Spielman's plan, but I was a little nervous, and so I waited it out, and obviously it turned out the way I wanted, and thank you to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for taking Alex Leatherwood. I appreciate you um, for not taking the better tackle. I know. What a what a uh, Gruden that, pick right that's there. That's two years in a row that they reached so far on their first-round pick. They, they always reach on first-round picks. It, like, I mean, they drafted a first round. Yeah, Cleveland Farrell. I mean, any team that drafts a kicker in the first round at any point in their franchise history just... Did they do that? Sebastian Janikowski was a first first round round pick. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. (laughs) Jesus. Yes. But, yeah. And then, yeah, so speaking of it, I was as shocked as all of you because the Lions at seven had a lot of... They had fields on the board. 
they had um Waddle was gone, but Devontae Smith was there. Um, and then yeah, they had Sewell. And like there were a lot of good picks available. You know, Michael Parsons was there, Sertain and Horn were there. Like at just about every position, they had their pick of the litter. And like a lot of people think of Sewell as just a left tackle. And but you know, luckily he's been working out at right tackle. He's taken a few snaps at right at Oregon, like in his early days there. And the Lions had a hole on the right side of the line, and we were in the position where it's like, at tackle, you know, whichever one we get, we need the other. Of if like we went and drafted a guard, we need a tackle. If we drafted a tackle, we need a guard because we have a lot of guys who can swing between the two. And I mean, they drafted Sewell, and at first I was like, really? <laughs> you know, just I'm like, that's not the most exciting pick, and that's the problem. At number seven, I was just ready for an exciting, like, thrilling pick of, you know, you Justin want Fields? a skill guy, you want something intense. And then it's like, wait, no, we just got, like, the most destructive offensive lineman ever. Like, this dude will just, like, I all I could picture was, like, Khalil Mack and, like, you know, Preston Smith and, you know, just, like, all them just sitting there, like, Daniel Hunter just sitting there going, fuck. You know, <laughs> like, when he got drafted, like, all of a sudden them being like, Damn it. You know, like now yeah. they have to work when they play the Detroit Lions. <laughs> they have to do their Switch them over now. to the other side. Yeah. Well, Taylor Decker on the other side yeah, pretty solid pretty, too. Yeah. So now that's been the problem. The Lions usually have like one side that's vulnerable. And now where it's like we got a Pro Bowl center, we got a really good rookie guard on one side, like when right guard with Baitai is our like worst option, that's pretty good. Like mm-hmm. I'll take it when you have a pretty average guy at guard. But then yeah, this pick, it just, when you think about it, Goff needs all the protection he can get because we don't have the weapons he had in L.A., so we need to give him a better line than what he had in L.A. And then DeAndre Swift, now ha- and then now that we signed Jamal Williams, our running backs have a really great line to run. You know, now we got good run blockers on both sides. I think this is going to be, I don't think the Lions are going to be competitive in 2021, but at least we have, like, we can get glimpses of what's to come with, this better line, you know, and I think overall, this is a great long-term plan pick. Um, we're in a rebuild this year doesn't matter. So we don't need to go get a skill position to really go and win. Now we need a guy like an offensive lineman in the first round who can, you know, learn the schemes, you know, build, you know, O-line, you need to build that chemistry between the starting line, get him ready to go. And then in 2022, when the lions hopefully are ready to actually compete for the first time ever in franchise history, um, we have a decent left tackle or a decent left and right tackle there because Decker's extended for a while. So I like for once O-line's not a concern in Detroit. <laughs> I'm feeling really good about it. Um, but yeah, so that's the first round. Uh, we had some pretty interesting picks. I think it's worth jumping into the Packers one here as well. I know uh, Nathan's not here to defend it, but Packers not calling Rogers bluff, taking a cornerback. And honestly, like, yeah, it's a, second a round very pick. shocking pick there in general, too. But what do you guys feel about that? Well, what, what happened last episode is that we did our mock draft, and uh, Nathan was in that position where Greg Newsom was off the board, and uh, Sertan was off the board, and Horn was off the board, and Farley was off the board. And he was like, you know what? We really do need a corner, though. So he went with Asante Samuel Jr., and... I that's think that's true. what you would say is that he was hoping for Asante Samuel and 
And I would have said the same thing. I Asante Samuel was the next on my list. And I was actually, not to say that Eric Stokes is bad, but I would say even his counterpart and uh, Tyson Campbell was even better and a little yeah. bit more polished than Eric Stokes. So I I see it as a position of need for sure. But when ownership already knows that your relationship with Rodgers is fragmented, if you really want to repair it, you go out and get Elijah Moore, who's available there, you know, and uh, like there's a couple other wide receivers that you have an option for if you don't like more, if you want. That was just Marcos. salt in the wound for the whole Aaron Rodgers sure. right there. It was just yeah. like, hey, okay, yeah, you want us to draft you a, like a skill position, some more weapons? How about a yeah. cornerback? Suck yeah, it. they couldn't believe they passed on Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who, more just, went more the second, right, to the Jets? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. As if them yeah. getting, like, uh, Corey Davis and Keelan Cole weren't enough this yeah. season. I, I probably, like, celebrated just as much that they didn't take Elijah Moore um, as the Bears drafting Justin Fields. Like, I was so stoked that they took a cornerback. I was like, Rodgers must be hating this right now. And also that corner, you know, like if it, yeah. if it was Asante Samuel, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm yeah, worried. That's, that's going to be tough for Fields and Dalton but to throw the Packers off. do have a pre- – I mean, even Africa if Kevin Cup. King kind of didn't pan out, Packers still have a – like King is still pretty good. And mm. obviously Jair Alexander, like Packers are pretty – have been good at drafting corners in the last few years. So that's that true. is kind of something to be concerned about. That's true. But, yeah, well, they so, took Josh Jackson, Jackson in the second as the same year as they – took uh alexander so maybe maybe those second round picks don't pan out as much but i don't know like he's not exactly second but he's second round value yeah but um yeah so then let's jump in to we'll just do a little quicker discussions on Mm -hmm. let's jump to the day two picks so rounds two and three uh yeah max take us away with the bears okay i'll just i'll just take 30 seconds but we traded up for tevin jenkins and i was so stoked about this one because in many of the mock drafts I was doing, I was like, oh, we're not in a great position to get a QB unless we trade up. So Greg Newsom, cornerback, is who I mocked a lot to the Bears, as well as a lot of Tevin Jenkins. And so the fact that we traded up and got him, I essentially see that as two first-round picks um, that we added onto our offense. And so uh, Tevin Jenkins is so violent, and you look at his picture, and it's pretty hilarious because his glasses don't fit him well, and he's got huge lenses that make his eyes look like they're further <laughs> apart than they are and and he's just like it looks like this gentle soul but you watch his highlights and man the guy finishes every block and there's man i forget his name uh asai uh joseph asai joseph asai the outside linebacker there's this awesome highlight of tevin jenkins grabbing osai on a run block and pushing him into his coach, like into into <laughs> the water on the outside boundary or whatever. And it's hilarious because he just made him look like a high school child. Um, Tevin Jenkins is a guy who hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, his coach, in, um, Mike Gundy, he also coached uh, Ro- Russell Kung. And um, during our, uh, the Bears had a press conference with Mike Gundy and um Mike Gundy he's the one who brought it up and he said you know what I coached Russell Okung um who I think is like on the Chargers now two-time pro bowler I think he's I don't remember I think he was on the Panthers I think he might I think he might be I think he got traded to the Panthers last yeah and then I think Panthers okay I think he's done now right yeah he might be he's been around forever he's a good tackle or yeah yeah multiple time pro bowler he's really solid tackle 
and he said Tevin Jenkins is way more talented than Russell Okung. Like it's like and yeah. just and which is like huge. Not to even say that about a former alumni, but to be like he's like that confident and he's like, you know what? It would not surprise me if he's the best tackle in this class in a couple years, which is not my words, it's Mike Gundy's words. And so he has a, a large admiration for him. It seems like his only concern was maybe his motivation. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of self-confidence, but um like he never saw himself as a first round pick and he never saw himself making it to the NFL. But he said when he gets motivated, like the guy just like sees red and goes for it. So he's, he has a strong work ethic. That's not what I'm saying. He does have a strong work ethic, but he just needs to build up his self-confidence a little bit more and perhaps now learn left tackle, which is not an easy thing to do. All right. Well, I, yeah, that's I mean, it's good they drafted that so early just to have I mean, especially with the Leno news. You know, like, I'm glad, well, I guess it helped they drafted the replacement to figure out who to cut from there, but. Right. Yeah, so. Especially um, the OL being such a problem for us last year. Like, we started doing really well at the end of the year once we kind of got uh, Sam Mustafer um, in at center, and we'll have James Daniels back this year who was hurt all of last year, and so I think it'll, it'll take a couple games, but I think our offensive line is going to really take shape this year, and Tevin Jenkins is going to be a big anchor in that. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, so that's the Bears. That was second round? Second round, and we didn't choose again until five. Oh, wow. Okay, so we get a little break here. Nice. Um, Jared, uh, Vikings, second, third round picks. Um, so we didn't get any second round picks, but we did have four third round picks. Uh, obviously Classic Spielman. <laughs> the most, yeah, right. Um, the most um, noteworthy would be Kellen Mond at the beginning of the third round. Um, he's someone who has been seen as like a guy who gets better every single year. Um, he has a lot of accuracy issues, but I said, like I, I've said, um, if you want to work and get better with your accuracy, Kirk Cousins is one of the guys that you want to learn from. Um, just hate him all you want. He's an accurate passer. Um, and so that w- he'll be a good guy. He'll be behind him for two years because Kirk Cousins, he's, he'll be in Minnesota next year too. So he's got two years left here at the very least. Um, so it's not like Kelman's going to be thrown in unless barring uh, Kirk Cousins' injury, which he doesn't get injured. So, so we're, we're not going to start seeing happen. reports that Cousins is, you know, in a rift with the, uh, the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not a drama queen. And that's one thing I forgot to bring up is that uh, Ryan Pace, our, the Bears general manager, he actually called Andy Dalton to tell him, you know what, we're going to be trading up and taking Justin Fields here. And I was like, man, either he's just super polite or else he's doing that to spit in Aaron Rodgers' face, saying we're willing to do it for a guy who hasn't even played a snap in practice with us yet, let alone someone who's like a Hall of Fame legend who's won a Super Bowl for the city. Yeah. And then, okay, so the second uh, pick they took in the third was Chaz Serrata, linebacker, which was a little bit questionable. Um, I mean, his, his ceiling is up here, but his floor is down here. And um, right now it's just he'll definitely be a special teamer. Uh, Vikings do need a linebacker, a third linebacker. So if he could fit into that spot, that'd be fantastic. Um, he's very athletic, but it's just – getting him to the NFL level of a linebacker, um, which is kind of um, unknown right now. But you got to have faith in Mike Zimmer to be able to um, bring that out of him. And then um, Wyatt Davis was, honestly, I don't think 
I probably got more excited about the Wyatt Davis pick than any pick throughout this entire draft. Um, just because he was one of my guys, um, just going into it, um, could be obviously aside from Vera Tucker, I think, and I was said I said this before the Vikings even uh, drafted him. He could be the best guard in this draft. Um, he got hurt towards the end of last year, which I think probably hurt him a little bit in his draft stock. Um, but he's just he's a good offensive guard and the Vikings are desperate for that right now and he filled out their offensive line so now they actually on paper they have a good offensive line um so I'm excited to see if that can translate over into the next season but um yeah I mean we'll see um it's kind of a Vikings offensive line is always a question mark and it's pretty brutal but uh last guy they took was Patrick Jones the second another guy I was like I was shocked by at first just because I hadn't really heard of him very much but after looking into it more he put up good numbers over the past um, two seasons and it was one of the guys that Andre Patterson our defensive line coach really wanted and that uh, people were saying before the draft even that that would be that's an Andre Patterson guy so um, and like Daniel Hunter not saying that he's gonna be Daniel Hunter but Daniel Hunter was an Andre Patterson guy and so um, not to put the bar way up for him. But if he could just develop into um, ha- like even even half of what Daniel Hunter is, just to have him opposite um, him on that line would be phenomenal for the team, especially considering how bad their defense was all of last year. Yeah. All right. Well, Vikings, man, three third-round picks. I mean, or four third-round picks. Third round, though, like a lot of – there's always a lot of hits in the third round. You know, those, yeah. that's the interesting one where – the expectations are weird of like a third round pick can either be a day one starter or like a key special teamer for the next three years. And no matter what, you're like, hey, that's pretty good for a third round pick. Yep. Daniel Hunter was a third round pick. So yeah. just got to have faith. And then, yeah, so Lions had second round. We go and draft and I'm going to butcher these names because the Lions drafted a bunch of Nigerian guys with really long names <laughs> yeah. this year. And Akuna Matata. announcing this defense's name is about like every name on this defense now is about to be rough. But they drafted Le- Levi Anwuzarike out of Washington, defensive tackle guy, pretty versatile uh, DT, can kind of play like that five five technique, like big body defensive end. Not really a nose guy, so it's like he'll play like the five T or the three technique, kind of depending on. But pretty much your standard de- like big body defensive tackle. And just I've, the kind of energy this guy brings. I don't know if you guys saw the clip. His opening like press conference, he does like the Zoom with the media the night he's drafted. And they were talking and they're like, what's the, you know, the question was something like, you know, what do you like to do on the field? Like, what's your plan in Detroit? It's like, I just want to go out there and fuck shit up. Or like, fuck shit <laughs> up. And he says this, like, in his thing. And he swears like four times in that whole explanation. He's like, I just want to like shove like these fuckers to the ground do all that. i'm like yes like i loved it like that kind of enthusiasm like matt patricia's shitting his pants probably somewhere watching this <laughs> just thinking about like oh no a football player is having fun and is excited about his job but like yeah like the way he just came out saying this and i'm like oh the lions bleep guy is gonna have so much fun and mic'd up with <laughs> this one but like he's one of those i was like a defensive tackle like we just got brockers we have deshaun hand I didn't really think defensive tackle was a need. And then that's why it shocked me even more with then the next pick we had in the third round, nose tackle, Aleem McNeil. And I'm like, really? A second defensive tackle in a row? 
that's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> but then I look at McNeil's tape, and the dude is just this monster mm-hmm. nose tackle, run stuffer, huge thing. Played running back in high school, and Jared, you're a baseball guy here too. Played uh, right field, and he like, was, he was right. like. Yeah, like at like three, he was like 280 pounds in high school, played running back. And I'm like, okay, so the Lions drafted a fullback as well, I guess. Like, yeah, he plays nose tackle, but if we, like, if this dude has running back skills and we're not putting him in the backfield on some snaps, I'm going to, like, find Dan Campbell and slap him. <laughs> so, like, he did absolute dongs in high school. Oh my, this dude would just like, I mean, the, the his like swing speed with his bat was ridiculous. And then he just, like, every single ball was out of the park. Dude would just knock him dead. I was sitting there, I'm like, yeah, that. So then I'm, you know, then people joke with how bad the Tigers are. They're like, yo, Tigers, you know, if you need a, need a guy with, you know, he's at Ford Field right, right across the street from Comerica Park, just go get him. But um, yeah, so very interesting pick. And then like, I just remember hearing him. He was, someone asked him about a play he had. Uh, where did he, he played at, was he NC State? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, NC State. And um, there was a play he had where he got an interception as a defensive tackle where he was like triple team or like a triple team on a block and still got an interception. And he broke down the play just so meticulously. I'm like, this is a numbers guy. This is one of those guys that like he knows the ins and outs of football. So even if he might not be like a day one contributor, you know, he'll be one of those guys that's going to learn quick. And then last third round pick was uh, Ifeatu Melifonwu. Uh, out of Syracuse, the brother of Obi Melifonwu, who was like, he was like a second round, like, combine crush everyone had. Like, the dude, like, knocked it out of the park at the combine. And then, and then he, he like, just didn't want to play football anymore. Yeah. He just, yeah, yeah. He, like, he retired. He straight up just year. didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. Like, he just gave up for a while. But, like, dude was, I mean, yeah, he was on the 49ers for a second this offseason and just got cut. But this is his brother who, like, I mean, this is another guy, corner was not a, uh, like, the Lions cornerback room was not great last year, but, like, we got Oruwarie and Akuda. we signed Quentin Dunbar, I thought, like, we'd be good, and then we draft a third-round corner, and, like, also, all these guys that they've drafted are these super athletic, super tough, like, I'm gonna kill the guy I'm going up against, kind of, like, aggression in their game, like, the Dan Campbell bite kneecaps off kind of picks, you know, and, like, it's also funny. None of these guys knew what that meant. None of them have seen that video. <laughs> every single press conference. Are you a knee biter? What? You ready to bite a kneecap? And like uh, Levi Anruzurike is like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bite a kneecap? And we're like, you have not seen the Dan Campbell video. Go watch it right now. But yeah, so they got some kneecap biters for sure. I think um, Melifonwu is going to be like a kind of good depth guy could be a starter one day, but what I like is the Lions kind of did that, like, they're challenging all their corners right now, like, hey, Akuda, we don't care if you're the third overall pick. That was the last regime that drafted you. Go and, you know, prove yourself. You have to beat out this third-round rookie. You got to beat out Amani Oruarie. You got to beat out Corn Elder, Mike Ford, and Quentin Dunbar. Like, I, I, I really like that. They're, that was their plan, is bringing competition. But, yeah, so Lions had a pretty solid uh, day, too. I was that that gave me some optimism there. I thought it was funny. Um, I think it was Kerryon Johnson tweeted out. He's like, I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of the names of anyone on our defense anymore without yeah, that are being drafted. Yeah, on top of that, you got like we have a backup safety Godwin Igbe, Ig, Igwe Buike. You got like like Amani you know, Oruwarie. Just like 
and like all these guys are in Nigeria. I'm like, I, I swear the Lions just like scouted out like, are they from Nigeria? We're drafting them because we got the uh, Aquara brothers, we got Oruarie and Akuda and Igwe Buike. Now we have Anwuzurike and Melafonwu. Just a lot like, of focus. Oh like my spell check my all my articles I write this year <laughs> getting <laughs> like, a workout it already hates me this is gonna be so rough but um yeah so plus on top of that all these Samoan names now like Pene Sewell, Halapu, Avadi Vaitai oh my god you know no no hate for the names I think it's cool you know like there's one guy on Twitter who's like these kids these days with these names I'm like yeah kids can't be foreign apparently <laughs> like, kids can't be foreign <laughs> what are we supposed to respond to that but, like yeah, so um, that was day three. I think Lions did a really great job there. I was happy with it. Uh, or day two, sorry. Now we'll move into day three. Those kind of just the the take a flyer on guy picks. Uh, I know a lot of us have a lot. Maybe we'll just focus on, uh, I know we're running low on time here, yeah. focus on maybe the ones we're most excited about and just, you know, kind of quick hits on this. But Max, take it away with the Bears. Sure, um, okay. I'll go real quick. Um, so... Uh, we ha- I'll just say what our picks were. So Larry Borum, offensive tackle. Khalil Herbert, um, running back. Daz Newsom, wide receiver. And uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his first name. Uh, Graham. Um, oh, man, what's his name? Tony? Oh, man, I forgot his name. Too. Graham? Oh, man. I, I didn't write it down because right? I was no, like, I know um, it. What is he? Uh, whatever. Gr- Graham Jr., he's a, he's a cornerback um, out of Oregon. But, uh, yeah, we, ha- we had a lot of solid picks. I think Khalil Herbert, good pick. Interesting fact. Fact, born with 12 toes and 11 fingers. He had his fingers, or no, sorry. Born with 12 fingers and 11 toes, had his two extra fingers removed. Um, For- kept his, rema- his extra toe. So I think it's good, uh, like, provide some extra balance, perhaps, and uh, stability. Those extra fingers would have helped, too, probably. <laughs> yeah, it helps with some catching and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it didn't help with the ladies too much, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll give a shout-out, though, to Larry Borum, uh, just doubling up on offensive tackle. And he is a fifth-round pick. Ryan Pace, notorious for being great in the fifth round. And... Uh, that's Tariq Cohen, that's Darnell Mooney, that's Jordan Howard, that's Adrian Amos. Um, uh, Eddie Jackson, I think, was actually a fourth rounder. But um, fifth round picks usually turn out well for us. Little clunky, but huge, massive guy. Apparently, he's lost 30 pounds this spring. Guy I'm really excited about. And then also we had uh, Kahiris Tonga, one of our Samoan guys or uh, Islander guys. But he he's a defensive guy and... Pace is really good at drafting late defensive players, and um, he's a guy who I actually think could make the team as a backup for Eddie Goldman. Nice. All right. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, day three, there's always some interesting ones. Like, these are, I think, the guys I get most hyped about. You know, like, the first round, because, like, these are the guys you have no tape on, no film, you've never heard of them before mm-hmm. for a lot of them, and then you're like, or you see their names in mock drafts, and you're like, okay, whatever, like, I'll take this guy for position alone. I don't care who it is. And then now it's like, well, now I got to go and research all these guys, read every scouting report, watch every film breakdown there is on YouTube. But uh, Jared, Vikings, we know they are notorious for day three. So what did they bring Guess us this what? time? They didn't have a single seventh round pick this year. And last year they had like eight. Yeah. They, I mean, they usually have a ton because that's just what Rick Spielman does. But um, so their first uh, day three pick was Kini Nwangu, 
um, which he was a running back from Iowa State. He hardly played, so I mean, we're kind of confused on this but one. That's um, that's the one I think I I tagged you on Twitter. Iowa yes. State. That's Matt Campbell's the head coach. He was the head coach at Toledo when he took that team to a top twenty-five with uh, none other than Kareem Hunt. Then he's got David Montgomery. So his running back resume is pretty solid. So yeah, so, I think there's and good I mean, upside. He was also playing behind um uh I'm totally blanking on his name right now. A really good running back for Iowa State. Okay. Um, but so it it's understandable. It was just I don't know, I feel like they didn't have to take him that early. Um but anyways uh, cornerback Cameron Bynum, um, not don't know a lot about him. He went to Cal. Um, Janarius Robinson was a guy that um, a lot of people were really excited about. It's another. Um, I, I have faith every time that they take a edge rusher um, when we have Andre Patterson as the coach, just because he seems to be able to just like even like, with these late round people, just make them into at least like solid rotational guys, like we had a Fani Odenabo whenever we had a solid um defensive line you could throw a body in there and he'd do well um as well and then amir smith marset uh not the one i was the most excited for it'd be my probably the one i was the second most excited for for um the day three picks um the vikings really need a wide receiver three they have like five wide receiver fives but not a single wide receiver three yet. you said chad guy- is not a wide receiver three you oh chad Beebe. Uh, the only reason Chevy is in the league is because his dad is Don. That's no other reason why he's still in the NFL. But anyways, um, Amir Smith-Marset could absolutely fill in. Um, he could be become that wide receiver three. He's talented enough. Um, he's got the skills to do it. So hopefully it'll end up actually panning out and he can fill in that role that has been empty um, for the past few years ever since Jarius Wright left. Uh, Zach Davidson, he's a tight end. He's really a punter in disguise. Um, so it was, it was a guy, I think, that Rick Spielman was trying to get a punter, and he's like, you know what, this guy, he says tight end, but he can be a punter. I saw uh, that. He, he punted and played tight end, which just like, yep. oh my God, I love it. So, I hope he does well. I love those guys. Yeah, I, I do too, obviously. Uh, but uh, um, And then there's Jalen Twyman, who was my favorite pick of the – um, entire day three just because he didn't play last year with all the COVID stuff um, but people said that he could have been a second round pick this year if he had actually played and I was like in complete disbelief that he fell all the way to the sixth round pick 199 to the Vikings because he was a guy that I was I was talking about in like the third or fourth round like the Vikings he's still sitting there right now the Vikings could definitely pounce on him and he made it all the way to the sixth round so I was very excited about that one, and hopefully he could be uh, the defensive tackle for the future um, for the Vikings whenever, because Michael Pierce and um, uh, the other guy that they signed, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. Da- Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, they're both not on long deals, so hopefully he can fill in one of those spots whenever one of them is out the door uh, in Minnesota. He's the the Pittsburgh guy, right? The one who was like crying in that one, like, like yeah. He looks like his face. Person. His face looks like he's like seven years old, but his body is he has a body of like a thirty year old bodybuilder. But he's like scary as far as they can go. Like looks like a scary dude, and then on the phone call, he's like sobbing, and I'm like, 
He did. I love this. Like, yeah. I mean, but yeah, his enthusiasm. And then, like, yeah, he was a Pittsburgh defensive tackle. I don't know if you know the last Pittsburgh defensive <laughs> tackle to come out in the draft. Uh, yeah, it, no, he was uh, one I that out pretty well. I'd say that that last Pittsburgh guy panned out well. So, yeah. Hopefully, we see a little replication here. I'm glad the Lions totally didn't draft Eric Ebron one pick ahead of uh, of that <laughs> Pittsburgh guy. That's all I'm saying. I'm but glad. Yeah, they- so. The Lions, day three, we went in with pick with a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and a seventh-round pick. And somehow came out with a, two fourth-round picks and a seventh. So we traded our fifth in, like, a next year, like, day three to move up, which, sweet, you know? But um, first pick, I was shocked it took this long for them to draft a receiver. They draft Amon Ross St. Brown, Equa Animus on the Packers, Equa Animus's brother. Um Dude, another super physical receiver, can play slot, the little kick returner, a little gadget running back when you need. I a lot to like about him. And if you saw the video, he did he thought he was gonna be drafted on day two. And when he didn't, there's a video of him at midnight at the jugs machine, just like catching passes from this thing angrily. Like you just see like he's pissed off. And I'm like, that's what we need. We need that fire on this team. So like I'm excited to see what he's gonna bring. Um and then what was wild, so that was pick 112. The Lions were supposed to go, you know, like in the fifth round, and all of a sudden, the Lions are picking again. They traded up to get the very next pick to have two picks in a row because Brad Holmes, the stones on this guy, wanted another guy so bad that he's like, you know what, I'm trading up to make sure I get my guy without really, like, no matter what, we had three day three picks. We still have three day three picks, I think. Net lost, nothing. It didn't matter if it was a fourth or a fifth round. Gets linebacker Derek Barnes out of Purdue. Dude plays linebacker, like can play anywhere from like middle linebacker in a 4-3 or in a 3-4 to defensive end in a 4-3. Like very versatile guy. Lots of love. And I just love, even as a fourth round pick, said, man, I just want to get out there and play special teams. And I'm like, that's my guy. Like that's the mindset I want to see on a football team. Dude was, a, I think, a captain at Purdue. Screams team captain now. Like, I think he's just a great guy. Great pick. And then for the longest day of my life, because the Lions were done drafting with pick eight in round four, they didn't draft till the end of the seventh again. So <laughs> I spent the whole rest of my day just doing whatever. And then at like 6.30, this pick came up. Uh, Jamar Je- Jefferson running back out of Washington State. I know nothing about him. He's going to be be behind DeAndre Swift, Carrion Johnson, and Jamal Williams. So I'm hoping I never see him on the football field this year because <laughs> that group should be able to, you know, be good enough to not need him. But he can be a kick and punt returner, and that is something that I see as pretty useful. Kind of like a, a shorter power back kind of guy. So some interesting stuff there. But yeah, so that was that was the NFL draft overall. Um, I'll, I'll just do a 30-second lightning run through the Packers because I know they need some representation. Oh my God. Who are, do you have their list on? I got I it. Yeah, go. I want to say something about one other guys once you're done, too. All right. All right wait, so round it. one, Eric Stokes already talked about it. Bit of a reach, possibly. Round two, Josh Myers. We all know Creed Humphrey was the guy. Kansas yeah, City I, right. shows why, shows why they're the Super Bowl champion. And then, uh, and then round three, Amari Rogers. Actually, a good pick, in my opinion. I think... Think uh, I think that was a bit of a fall for Amari Rodgers to be there. I think that was also a shot at Aaron Rodgers. Why are you going to draft an A Rodgers Ooh. in this in this draft, huh? That's right, that's right. Uh, <laughs> round five to Daryl Slayton, defensive tackle. Don't know much about him. 
Uh, round five, Shamar Jean Charles, cornerback out of Popcorn State, uh, which is a very small school, whatever. Cornerback. Um, find, find some depth back there for when Kevin King's gone next year, I guess. Round six, Cole Van Lanen, uh, offensive tackle, I guess, looking for some more depth behind uh, Bak- Bakhtiari, who, Bakhtiari, who's coming back from an uh, ACL injury. Uh, round six, Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker. If you haven't seen, he has uh, probably one of the worst introduction videos I've ever seen in my life. It's one of the most cringy things I've ever seen. Um, but he might be a good, deep, good linebacker. Who knows? Round seven, Kylan Hill, running back. actually like Kylan Hill, and I think that was an all right take. However, their running back room is getting a little loaded as your round two pick from last year is still not like hardly seen the field. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say something about Kylan Hill. He's, I the fact that that guy made it to the seventh round blows my mind. Yeah, he's good. He yeah. he is like seriously so entertaining to watch, mm-hmm. and he, I I can't believe that he made it to the seventh round. I just can't. That's this was just not great. a running back year. That's that's no. all it was. It's like no team valued running backs this year. He's just, he's very he's very good. That's a that's a fantastic pick, and um I'm kind of upset that they got him actually well they have aaron jones so it's not like we're gonna see kylan hell on the field at all. yeah <laughs> yeah and then they're not gonna have a quarterback next year either so but now they have like three new offensive linemen in this draft so <laughs> for to block nobody but um yeah so that was the draft i think uh there's a lot to look forward to lots of high quality picks here some interesting ones the Bears traded up for a quarterback, and people aren't – we can't even make jokes about it. It sucks. Um, I hate the Bears even more for that. But, yeah, fellas, um, just real quick as we wrap up, we will uh, do our Twitter handles. You can obviously follow the podcast, at Split Div Pod. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Just search Split Division Podcast. Um, you know, you can find us. Obviously, if you're listening to us, you know where to find us by now. Just um, check, the, check the description. Yeah. Check the description. Uh, leave some reviews on Apple Podcasts. I think we have like four, and I'm pretty sure like two are my parents. So um, <laughs> leave, leave. Don't be mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just you know, if you're gonna like just bash Max, it'll be kind of nice because we won't know who it is. We'll just That's play right. a fun guessing game. But uh, other than that, uh, Max, you can find at Max Markham NFL, Jared at Jared Bars NFL, right? Okay, and then you can find me at Max Gerbs. Uh, Nathan couldn't join us tonight, but he's at Nathan Marzion. He's probably watching a Bucks game or something right now. But um, yeah, thank you all for listening for another show. We'll uh, catch you hopefully, I don't know, next week, a few weeks, whenever we decide to do this again. So, all right. Thanks, y'all.